neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Hey guys, welcome to the neutral corner. Um, for day for today's episode, I'm going to go ahead and continue on with story time. Uh, episode seven, all about me. I gave you a little bit of background on me, and uh, we stopped off right at my pro debut, my victory over Shante Williams uh, via guillotine choke. And I'm going to go ahead and take you through uh, my next two fights. Um, so yeah, we, we, uh, we stopped off with me getting T-boned, uh, by one of my best friends. And so I go back to my house that night and, you know, the adrenaline and the excitement and everything had me up until like four or five in the morning before I finally fell asleep. And when I did wake up a few hours later, my phone, I mean, was blown up by everybody. All these people who... Um, you know, just had nothing but good things to say. UFC fighters, former UFC fighters, all these people hitting me up and be like, man, you did such a good job. Keep your head on straight. You'll have, you have a long, bright future in this, in this industry. Make sure to make the right decisions, et cetera, et cetera. And man, that was really cool. And I was really excited. And I went ahead and that fight happened March 11th. And so I went ahead and signed up for a fight for May 14th. Um, about a month, roughly two months, but about a month after, you know, and, um, so yeah, that fight was going to be at 85. And like I said, before I accepted that pro debut at heavyweight, I was wanting to fight at 185 pounds and we just accepted that pro debut because I wanted to be a professional fighter and it was an opportunity that had presented itself that I just felt like I couldn't turn down. And so that was really cool. Um, I immediately went into training camp and trained my heart out. I trained my ass off to make 185. I was walking around at like 200 pounds, uh, easy cut from there, you know, did everything that I could, but roughly about 10 days out. I had pneumonia <clears throat> and turns out I had walking pneumonia and I had like 20% of my left lung filled. At least that's what they said. And so I had to go and, you know, it's the Friday before my fight on the following Saturday and I had to get a shot in my ass. And then I had to um, take like 12 days worth of antibiotics some pretty high grade antibiotics. And still stubborn, you know, um, really wanting to make sure that I still fought. Uh, I had always prided myself on not backing out of a fight. And the only other time I had backed out of a fight was for some wrist surgery I needed when I broke my uh, arm or I broke my wrist in a car accident a couple of years earlier. So anyways, I'm, I'm excited. You know, uh, my teams, they didn't turn their backs on me on this one. And, uh, although they did do me a little dirty and I'll tell you about that later. You know, they didn't really necessarily turn their backs on me. They were, you know, present in the camp and stuff like that. And so I'm training my heart out. I've got this situation going on with the pneumonia. And then the Monday before the fight, we're in, I'm at this, I'm at this gym on nine mile and I'm taking the class more or less to just stay loose, stay active, 
work a sweat off. I'm really focused on cutting weight this week. And they're doing takedowns. And even though being more experienced and all those, you know, all that shit, I, I should have not taken part. But I did. And I had told the individual I was with, who was kind of a new guy, I said, hey, man, listen, I've got this big fight coming up this weekend. You know, let's be careful. Let's do technique. If you're unable to just do the techniques, um, if you're unable to calm down, let me know. I will find a, par a different partner, et cetera, et cetera. And he assured me that he'd be good. But the first takedown, the man slams the shit out of me on the ground. And I don't know if it was just being weak from cutting weight or if it was maybe... Uh, the antibiotics or whatever, but right above my pelvis area on my back, I mean, it, it, he tweaked my back so bad. I couldn't even bend over like to sit down, to take a shit on the toilet was rough. And then getting back up was rough. So never went and got that checked out because I got a fight this weekend. So I pretty much babied it, you know, ibuprofen, Tylenol as much as I could babied it. And, uh, still, you know, I had sold, you know, quite a few tickets, you know, I was going to be making some decent money and all of this stuff. So I really, really wanted to make sure that I made it to that fight. And I did. Now I got over there. It was a great event. I mean, a pretty event, Atlas Fights uh, in Biloxi, Mississippi. We fought at the IP and I fought a guy that was one in one and he fought a dude that actually made it into the UFC uh, was his only loss, a guy named Eric Anders. And, um, Anyways, I fought this dude, Demarcus Sharp. You know, he was a, I think he was a brown belt or, yeah, I think he was a brown belt. Anyways, we, so I warm up, everything's feeling decent. You know, I'm pretty confident. I had just beaten Shantae Williams, six foot eight, former NFL player. And I had just beaten him really handily. And so even though I trained my heart out and even though I trained like I've never trained before and I was in phenomenal shape for that fight, I also had the feeling of, Okay, well, if I hit this guy, he's gonna he's gonna go to sleep for sure. Like a six foot eight NFL player couldn't handle me. You know what's this one eighty five are gonna do? And kind of the wrong mentality to have, to be honest. When I went in there against Shantae, I went in there prepared to die. Like as so cliche and silly as that sounds, um, I was. I was prepared to be cut, like just gruesome style of fight and. For this one, I just expected to hit this guy and him fold. And so the bell rings and we come out and uh, I, I start to circle to my right and the guy holds out his hand like he wants to touch gloves. And my inexperience shows again. I go up to him and I go to touch his glove. And as soon as my glove touches his glove, right hand straight in my face. Bam, left hand, bam, right hand, bam, left hand, bam, right hand. And you get the point. So he backs me up to the cage, just overwhelming me. And instead of shooting for a takedown or circling out, I was just so overwhelmed. I covered up, and he shot. Shoots in for a takedown, double legs me, boom, gets me in my guard. I instantly lock up an armbar. I mean, tight. And then he picks me up, and he starts slamming me on my back. Now, the first couple of slams didn't really bother me, but that last slam, I don't. even with the adrenaline, my back was hurting so bad, so I let go. Wall walked to the cage. And if you don't know what wall walking is, you probably shouldn't be listening to my podcast. <laughs> no, but really, wall walking, I used the cage, used my uh, used my shoulder blades in the middle of my back to, to basically get to my feet. 
and there was another exchange uh, between us, and I tried to like a left hook right hand, and I tried to knee him in the head. He caught the knee, took me down again after landing a like a, a slew of uppercuts. And again, I lock him in an arm bar. Uh, this time he steps over and around into my mount. And so when he does that, um, I had been drilling this mount escape and it, it had been working flawless for me all camp. But in the middle of this overwhelming just strikes coming down, I mean, because when he's in my mount, he's punching me. Bang, 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 bang. He was as busy as they come. And I grabbed his arm and I went to do this sweep and I let go of his arm too soon. So he was able to post. And when he did, I gave up my back. When I gave up my back, this brown belt slid that arm right in underneath my chin, subbed me out. First round, rear naked choke. About 30 seconds left in the round. Sucks ass. So, I, you know, I, I lick my wounds. I, I go do my thing. I go back to the thing. I do my crying. I do my being upset. I'm not an undefeated MMA fighter anymore. I just got humbled beyond belief. After the biggest win of my career, I just had the worst loss, my first loss as a professional. Um, I'm not even taking excuses on on the pneumonia or on the back injury because – the back injury is not why I didn't finish the armbar. I didn't finish the armbar because he was slamming me on my fucking back, regardless if it was hurt or not. And um, so anyways, you know, I, it was really in my head about that. So when I got back, that was in April. I took a fight for June. April, May, June. Yeah, that was in May. So I took a fight for like late June or early July. Can't remember. So I take this fight, and another guy that trained at the gym at the same time as me, a uh, very experienced guy, he was fighting a young up-and-comer from Chile. His name was Ignacio Bamahanez. And uh, he uh, just fought this weekend, this last weekend, um, for the UFC, got a victory there. Sharp kid, sharp as fuck. And... Uh, He's like six foot three, tall, long, uses long rangey stuff. So the sparring partner I had was using me to emulate him, and then I just needed people to spar. Well, one of the things that the doctors had told me that I kind of just, as a young man I, who thinks that they're invincible, I didn't really pay attention to, but the, the side effects of those antibiotics, both the one I got a shot in my ass for and the oral were um, to, they, they dry out your ligaments, you know, they delubricate your ligaments. And, you know, I had taken them and stuff and I had since been past what I had supposed to be doing, you know, I had since been like a week past, maybe two past my um, antibiotics or whatever. But one day, uh, Dion, Dion and I are sparring, getting ready, and he shoots in for a single leg as I'm against the ropes and just... As things happen when you train, accidents happen. Certain times the body moves a different way than you expect. And there was this extremely loud pop. Like just pow. Everybody in the gym stops what they're doing. And I'm just kind of sitting there. And it was some of the worst pain I've ever felt. But it was like it, it, as soon as that pain came, it left as well. So it wasn't like a prolonged pain. It was just very painful and then it stopped. But it was the type of pain that takes your breath away. So it wasn't like a uh, type pain. It was more like a, you know, if that makes sense. <coughs> and so, you know, I tried to, um, 
get up, kind of shake it off, walk it off, rub some dirt on it, you know. And I had a boxing class that I was teaching right after that. And so I went and I went in front of everybody. I'm talking to them. I'm telling them how to do a jab. And I take a step and I fall on the floor. My, my knee buckled and I fell on the floor. And it was embarrassing. So I get up and I'm like, ooh, that's weird. And then I tried it again. Same exact thing happened. So I cut the class short. I had someone else teach it. You know, I called a, a good friend of mine who was a chiropractor. And, um, you know, he set up an MRI for me to go get in like the next like three, four days. So I went and did the MRI. Then I have to wait on them to call him and tell him the results. And so he calls me one day as I'm at work, you know, and uh, he's on a boat fishing and got this phone call and left me a voicemail and tells me I have a completely, completely torn ACL. Said that it looked like frayed ropes at the ends. I mean, completely torn. So I had to go in and I had to do a complete reconstruction of the ACL where they take my patella tendon, uh, they do the patella tendon graft, they had me all filleted open like a fish on the knee and it, it just craziness. And um, so that recovery was, you know, a year roughly. Well, about six months, I'm cleared to like do boxing exercises, boxing only. And uh, so I was doing that and I had really wanted to fight. And so uh, right around 10 months after that ACL surgery, I took a boxing match. And I was really hell-bent on taking this boxing match because, one, I got matched up with someone I had beaten before as an amateur. Two, I wanted to have that time under the lights. I didn't want that ring rust, so to speak. I didn't want that um, that shock of being in front of a crowd again once I finally was able to do MMA again. And so that was kind of my game plan, and I was training for the boxing, and everything was going well. But then I also had the opportunity in June, I guess it was actually in July, I was going to be able to go fight because uh, this fight was going to happen in April. So in June, I was going to be able to go up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin and train at Rufus Sport with Duke Rufus, Anthony Pettis, Sergio Pettis, Paul Felder, Biggie Rhodes, um, Eric Koch was there, you know, uh, just so, so many people. And I didn't want to go up there being just a boxer. And so, you know, I was doing small little MMA training things um, every now and then. And the Friday before my Friday fight, so seven days before that fight, I'm, I'm over in Foley. I'm inside a cage. We're all doing takedown defenses against the cage. And um, the coach grabs my leg. And as I go to yank out of my leg, again, a huge, loud pop. Everybody could hear it. And it's the same knee. And I end up going to get in it. So I end up, I end up, playing it off. I still went in the next week, Thursday night, I get a phone call or no, sorry, Thursday morning. I get a phone call. So day of the weigh-ins and he's like, Hey, RJ, listen, Dakota Merritt's opponent backed out, says his wife's given birth and he can't be here for the main event. Dakota sold like 200 tickets and I need you to fight Dakota in the main event. And for those of you who don't know, Dakota Merritt's a six foot eight, or six foot seven, three hundred pounds, solid fucking muscle, three hundred pounds with a six pack, to put it in perspective for you. And uh, so, you know, 
I went ahead and uh, I accepted it. I told him, hey man, double my purse and we got it. I know that my knee's fucked. No one else does. So I go and I do that. And I box him. And a lot of my friends, a lot of people think, oh, well, hey, you know, you won that fight. You should have won that fight because it was a draw. It was scored a draw. But I'm going to go ahead and set the record straight here. I'm happy with the draw. I don't want to draw, but when you watch that fight over with, the man couldn't hit me. I think maybe he hit me five times in four rounds. But my head movement was on point, but I had no counter-striking back. During that process of that camp, I had gotten on this kick of using this the uh, sandbag to do head movement. But instead of moving my head and throwing counter strikes, I was just moving my head. So my elusiveness was great. My head movement was great, but there was no counter shots behind it. So he's not hitting me, but I'm not doing anything necessarily either, except for the few times. Because the few times that he did hit me, uh, it was really hard. And he don't even know how to turn a punch over properly. And it was really fucking hard. So, you know, um, I could have done a lot better. And I could have knocked him out if I'd have kept the pressure that I did the few times I did put pressure. Because I had him on the back foot. I had him running away. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I also was dealing with, that no one else knew, a torn ACL. Like, I didn't know that my ACL was torn. My knee popped. It's unstable. It hurts. So I knew something was wrong. So after then, I go ahead and I go get an MRI before I go to this Milwaukee trip. And it turns out, 100% completely torn in half again. Worse than the first time. And this second time, I have my LCL was torn as well. Just a slight tear. My uh, meniscus were also torn. So I fucked my knee up. And... Went ahead, went up to Milwaukee, did that thing, had a blast up there. It was great, and did all those, uh, did all the sparring with them and grappling with them and stuff like that. And my knee was just kind of iffy, and uh, so that's when I was I was able to. In September of that year, I went ahead and had another surgery done on the same knee by Dr. Anz at the Andrews Institute, the leading doctor in ACL and knee surgeries. And so I went to him, I was able to get it fixed, and, uh, you know, after that happened, pretty much he said, yeah, this one's going to be worse than the last one, because your body wasn't completely healed from the last one, and now you got to heal on top of this one. So you're looking at 100% a year, no ifs, ands, or buts. And I took that to heart. I didn't fight till December of the following year, and... September, so October, November, December, January. So at five months, I had decided after five months, I, I got invited out to Roy Jones Jr.'s gym to start training under him as a boxer. And I went there, and uh, my knee did fine, you know, with the boxing and stuff like that for the most part. And uh, I was able to learn a lot and compete with Roy. And, you know, I ended up fighting under him for about almost three years, uh, just just a couple of months under that. And yeah, it was one of the coolest, uh, you know, coolest experience ever being able to train with him and, and do the thing with him. Um, it's really funny that fight in Biloxi, the one right before I tore my ACL, my second pro fight, the one I lost. Uh, one thing I said that I was going to mention was, you know, I had a, a team that I cross trained with. And these are guys that came from the old PBA that went to the new gym and, uh, 
you know, I put in a lot of work with those guys. I put in a lot of work to help them for their fights. And uh, because they didn't like who my coach was, you know, they weren't the – like, it's just weird, right? Because, like, I've always been a nice person. People accept me and, and want me around. But at the same time, because of my ties with other folks, sometimes they come at me with extended open arms, right? Well, anyways – so, I, you know, they were supposed to be there in my corner. It was supposed to be Larry Todd and two other guys or at least one other guy that was from the other one. And I get uh, – I'm at the event, and uh, they don't show up. They don't call me. They don't text me nothing to let me know. They just didn't – they just weren't there. My team that I had been training with and sparring with, they just weren't there. Larry and Todd, my coaches were – but these other, you know, these other guys from this other team who I've helped countless times and made trips out to Biloxi to watch them fight, yeah, they they weren't there. And my dumbass thanks them on the pre-fight interview that they play right before you walk out by name. Two different people, I thank them, and they're not even there in the crowd. And then I get my ass whooped. So that was a really humbling experience, and that's what taught me that even your biggest wins, you always have to take something out of them to learn. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to stop it there. Again, I could go into some major detail for all of these different things and uh, different little intricate things that happened, but I'm trying to keep this thing right around 20 to 30 minutes, and uh, you know, I don't want to bore you with all the little details. If there's anything that you do want to hear and anything that you are like, hey, man, tell me more about this or tell me more about that or et cetera, you know where to go. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, in the neutral corner, all three of those in the neutral corner, I do believe my YouTube is In the Neutral Corner podcast. But either which way, type in In the Neutral Corner and I'll pop up. And, um, you know, leave me a comment. Leave me a message. You know, DM me and say, hey, you know, you should talk about this or you should talk about that or tell me more about this. Because one of the things that I'm really enjoying about this is I'm doing this podcast for myself, you know, just to give me an outlet to talk and, and put out my knowledge out there or lack thereof. But also... One of the coolest things is, is each time it seems like I get another viewer and each time I get another listener. And even if I'm going up by one, I'm still going up. And um, I really appreciate all you guys for that. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. And I want nothing more than to hear from you guys and hear great positive feedback. Or, you know, it doesn't have to be positive. You can say, hey, dude, you're saying um too much. You sound like an idiot, whatever it is. But feedback is important. So yeah, like, subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, Chrome, everywhere podcasts are available. So yeah, guys, go give me a like, give me a follow. I appreciate your support. Um, looking forward to having a few more interviews coming up. And yeah, guys, you've been in the neutral corner with RJ Summerlin. Godspeed. <laughs>